This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone, Robbo here. You're listening to the Blues Focus Podcast. Keep right on. Hello and welcome back to the long-awaited return of the Blues Focus podcast. Thank you for joining us today, wherever you are and wherever you may be, whether it be on YouTube, Spotify or Apple Music or anywhere, anywhere that you choose. Um, We're not picky, whatever suits you. I I love a bit of Spotify or YouTube, um, but if you want to see our beautiful faces, then I'm sure you're on YouTube right now. So with me today, as always, we have Carl. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Uh, I'm not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. Um, interesting weekend. Uh, boring <laughs> a bit because the international break. Um, but, you know, I'm sure Blues will ruin our weekend uh, this Sunday, um, as usual. And our special guest today, Harry, from me on tour. How are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. Like you say, international break is finally over. Back to Blues action. It's great. So, yeah, let's go on with it. Lovely stuff. We'll get right into things. Um, before I carry on, John is just on. Uh, is, is John's just doing John things. I'm sure he'll be back soon enough. Um, uh, he's, he's a very busy man, so he'll probably just make guest appearances. So you're going to be stuck with my hosting voice for the time being. I apologise in advance. Um, but yeah, let's get this show on the road. So Swansea, um, obviously, Harry, I know you were there because we were there together. And Carl, I believe you were at a Basingstoke game the, the day of Swansea or? Yes, I was. Which you one were. was I at? I can't remember where I was now. But yeah, I was at a Basingstoke game. So for those of you who don't know and don't pay that much attention to my crap on Twitter, which I don't blame you for. <laughs> um, I follow, if I'm not at Blues for whatever reason, then I follow my local non-league team, which is Basingstoke Town, as they attempt to get promotion out of the Ismian South Central Division. And uh, I think we were away, maybe. When did we play Swansea? Crikey. can't remember when that was. It feels like forever ago now, doesn't it? It does. It's the it does. 19th. However, it was a painful weekend for us. Yes, yes. I uh, I think we we spoke, didn't we, Tom, about your uh, your 
I'm going to call it an epic journey because I think it's the most politest way we can put it. Yeah, but, probably. Um, <laughs> but yes, I was, where was I? I was at Basestoke Town. Were we at home or away? We were. Oh, yes, we were at home to a team who are bottom or down towards the bottom of the um, league and lost 3-0. So, I thought um, it was. I thought it was. Yes, Basestoke Town me. giving me real blues vibes that weekend. So uh, <laughs> nothing, I'm kind of used to it, really. At least you didn't miss out, to be fair. Um, I think I'd have rather have seen uh, three goals than no goals and then not get home until half three in the morning. So, uh yes. True. Yeah. I think you guys got the rough edge of that deal. Exactly. Uh, I'm not going to go into that story because you can just go and watch it on Harry's vlog, which will be on a link in the description. So go and enjoy it over there. That's most of the stories down there anyway. Um, if you want it retelling, I might retell it in the future if you're lucky. Um, but yeah, so Swansea, uh, Harry, I'll come to you first. What were your thoughts on uh, the first half at Swansea? Uh, the, obviously, Blues had a couple of chances, didn't they? I think it was Chong, um, rightly so. Was it Bakuna as well in that first half? Yeah, Bakuna missing the sitter. Yeah, yeah, we should have been one nil up at the break. I thought Swansea were okay in the first half, um, but yeah, as a whole, we should have been leading at the break 100%. Um, again, it was a good performance, a game that I thought we needed to go there and win realistically as well. Um, considering they were quite a few points above us in the table and they were only 15th at the time, which, looking at it, is quite depressing. Uh, but, yeah, we should have definitely been one up at the break. 100%, mate. I think that Bakuna chance is obviously the uh, the one that stands out the most of the many chances we had that game. Uh, Carl, uh, from what you've seen, what were your thoughts on the uh, first half? Well, thanks to Quest's three, I would say three minute, I don't even think it was a three minute um showing i think you know the the main one obviously stands out as the bakuna thing we've got to be put in that way i know we don't necessarily pay the bucks for bakuna to score goals but i mean that's just <laughs> when he's got to be scoring in it um exactly yeah and, and a lot of my kind of feeling on the game is is sort of from from people on twitter from what i've seen in question i just think that you know it's another going to go down as one of those games that we're going to look back on at the end of the season and think we should have got three points there you know, and I guess the positive to take from it is at least we were creating chances, I suppose. But uh, yeah, it's just just a frustrating thing that we're not not taking those chances when we get them. Or, um, well, sporadically we do, I guess, but we're not taking them when they matter. And, and in games like that, you need those, you know, that one or, or two goals really tips the game your way. So. Yeah, I agree. I think we've been missing that most of the season, sadly. Um, just not quite having the shooting boots on. It makes me miss when we had James B as a coach because I think it, over the last seven or eight years, that was probably when we had the best of our shooting boots for sure. Um, I don't think we, we really have any natural sort of finishing coaches, um, but, you know, that Bowyer could strike a ball in his time. So uh, hopefully uh, can teach him a thing or two for next season because we certainly need to... Uh, start scoring a few more goals. However, you have to give credit where it is due. With 14 games left to go of the season, we already equaled our goal tally from last season, which I think is a huge improvement in itself. But it still feels like we're frustrated for goals, which is weird. Um, but I think, you know, last season we were immensely poor. Um, and this season we're sort of just below average, I'd say. Um 
however, you've got to look maybe if there weren't points deductions, we could have been in more trouble, but I still think we'd be okay, just about. Um, obviously, we were missing a few key names, so like Lyle Taylor. Um, maybe he could have added that finishing touch in the second half. Um, but the second half, we probably dominated the game a bit more. What, what were your thoughts on the uh, second half, Carl? Yeah, again, I can only take it from what I've seen and, and read, um, being a few hundred miles away. Um, I'd, yeah, again, it just sounded like it was one of those games where we've dominated the ball, we've dominated the chances. I think I saw maybe Swansea have one effort, I think, on the highlights that I've seen. It just comes back to what I said. You know, it comes down to the fact we should be walking away from that game with, with three points, not one. I mean, I guess if you don't win, don't lose, but... Yeah, it's incredibly frustrating, you know, and you're right, we are, we were missing Taylor, um, maybe even, you know, Troy coming on and potentially being there to, to stick one away, you know, right place, right time. I know he's not been especially prolific, but, you know, the goal at Millwall shows you still got that touch and that's all you need. You know, you need that one one moment, don't you, to stick it away. Um, but it seemed from, you think we had the, I think the Middlesbrough game was the Tuesday night before, if yeah. memory serves me well. You know, and you look at that game and then you look at the game against Swansea, it's night and day, quite literally, isn't it? Huge you know, and improvement, yeah. The, the fact that they bounce back that quickly shows that this team, you know, look, we've known all along, they've got it, they can do it. It's just converting the the chances and making that solitary point into three, which I think is, is obviously the, the biggest thing that needs work. But I think it's, it's positive that we went into the international break on the back of that result, even though it was a nil-nil draw, rather than a loss, you know, especially after that Middlesbrough game. If that Middlesbrough game had been the last game before the break, it had been a bit crappy. So at least we had a little bit of positivity heading into the break, I guess. 100%, mate. And uh, I feel like the game sort of reminded me a bit of the Reading away fixture, uh, which is where I believe where you two also like properly met. I know yes. at Bournemouth, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you were we chatted away at Reading. Um, I didn't go to that one. I was stuck on a Sainsbury's night shift, sadly. But hey ho, I I didn't miss much clearly. Um, but yeah, um, no, we uh, we did play well, um, and it sort of reminded me of that game a bit. But we uh, we had a bit more of defence about us uh, against Swansea. Uh, but then I don't think Swansea really turned up. Um, just before we move on, Harry, what were your thoughts on the uh, second half, mate? Again, I think it's another Lebo yet. Why is he not making a substitution in that second half and not bringing Djukovic on to go at it? That game was calling out for Lukas Djukovic. Crosses were being whipped in. Everyone was missing them. And if that gets on Djukovic's head, it's going in all day long. There was a chance um, that smacked the post or the bar in the second half from Colin. Colin yeah. Djukovic, Djukovic puts that away every day of the week, like from two yards out as well, or something like that. Um and that's the frustrating thing with me with Bowie at times this season. He hasn't took that risk in games sometimes and gone for it. Like Swansea were awful and Djukovic could easily have come on and won us that game, but he didn't come on, did he? We were both looking at him on the uh, warm, when he was warming up, Tom did, weren't we? Yeah, we were just we thinking, why, why is he not brought him on? Like, is he going to bring him on or not? I think what, what frustrated me was the way we were playing and then not bringing him on because how we decided to go at it for that last 20 minutes of the second half was it was early crosses from sort of quite deep in the half into the box, just looking for someone to head it away. 
only man in the box is Scott Hogan and occasionally on El Hernandez, two very, very small men. <laughs> so it's like I, I didn't understand why we were crossing the ball into certain areas where, the for one, the right personnel wasn't there and two, half the time no one was actually there. So it was really frustrating. Um, so I completely understood the uh, Djokovic argument um, just, just down to the way we were playing the game really um you know Juki is obviously not had the best of season that's mostly down to the way we play sort of shape wise these days you know if we're playing that three at the back um that system rarely seems to suit Duke but if we do go to that that midfield diamond it is sort of similar to a 4-4-2 which has always been what's best suited Duke um over the years with Blues um but I know so many fans on Twitter call for us to play 4-4-2, but I, I am happy to see us move away from it because it, it we won't, in the modern day football, sadly, we won't progress forward out of the championship with that formation. Um, you look at the way teams are going up now, most of them are playing a three at the back system. And although it can be agonising and frustrating at times to watch with Blues, that's just because we don't have the right personnel to actually play it. So you could criticise Boya for that. Um, but I think he's just trying to install a system so it's there. Just the fact that it's there, the players that are already there know it and they're getting used to it. So that when new players come in, they, they are the right personnel, they can actually fit straight into that system. So, um, yeah, there, there's a few ways you can look at it, I suppose. But I think we're just trying to build for the future. That's probably why we're quite stubborn with our, uh, our shape in games. Uh, but moving on. On to more positive conversation topics. The England friendlies. We'll start with um, the win over Switzerland, the 2-1 win. I say positive, yeah, I actually thought it was a very negative performance myself. Um, but we got it over the line, that's the main thing. And it's only a friendly anyway, so, you know, it's it was experimental squads. Um, but, yeah. Let's let's dive uh, dive into that first uh, England game. I assumed you both caught uh, the game, lads. Um, if if not all of it, the highlights. I imagine, Carl. I think we were chatting when the game was actually on. To be fair, so um, I'll, I'll go to you first. What were your thoughts um, on that uh, England versus Switzerland friendly? I think we have a massive chink in our armour as England, and I think that is our defence. Yeah, um, I think the Switzerland goal, to be fair, was a cracking ball in and kind of the one that we would love Jukovic to get on the end of and, and tuck away for Blues. And, and he has done on many occasions. But I think we need to be... Yeah, I think the first area that he needs to look at and really work on for Qatar at the end of the year is he's got to get sort, sorted on that back line and play them together constantly. You know, I think... Everyone deserves a chance. You know, the likes of Benjamin White definitely deserves a chance. I think I think he's done really well against uh, against Arsenal for Arsenal. Um, but you've got to play a back line together consistently to get that partnership. And obviously, in an England setup, you don't get a lot of time together. You know, you get less time than you would, you know, far less time than you would at club level. So yeah, exactly. I think he has to sort that. I think defensively, we, we look shaky. And even against the Ivory Coast, although it was a relatively easy game, and I know we'll come on to that relatively kind of easy one, certainly after Aurier got himself sent off. There were still moments where it was just a bit... So I think think that's something that moving forward, but I think 
in general, I think we've got, you know, we've known for some time we've got some great talent coming through in all areas of the pitch. Um, I think they just need to be utilised correctly. Um, uh, and I know that's, you know, very easy thing to say about football play by the right people in the right positions. But, you know, this isn't, you know, warming up for a, a crappy summer competition. This is World Cup year and we've got to get it right. I think we've got a, you know, we're going into it as maybe one of the top 10 favourites. So, you know, you've got to get it right. But I think the performance was okay. I think we always, friendlies are always a bit of a different beast for England. I think we always treat them as a bit of a bit of a kick around with our mates. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, think the most important thing is that the win was secured, but I don't think it was, you know, it's not exactly a performance we're going to be talking about for, for years to come. Um, I think the main thing was I think we've set this team have now set a national record. I think for the most consecutive wins, I think it is or something like that. Um, so I guess that's probably the biggest thing to take away. Um, the other one, and yes, there is a hundred percent bias in this. If he's not starting Jude Bellingham every single game, the man can get out of the bloody job. If you're asking me personally, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that it's you know. <sighs> It was 90 minutes of football. England won. That's, you know, I think I think other than that, not a lot to say. That's all we can ask for, really, isn't it, at the end of the day? It wasn't pretty, but we got it over the line. Um, Harry, what were your thoughts uh, quickly on that uh, Switzerland game? Well, I actually went, actually. I vlogged it. Um, oh, yeah, forgot. I'll, yeah, I'll make sure yeah. that's in the link down below as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went. First half, we were awful. Switzerland should have been two or three and a half at half time. We were poor. Uh, I thought Switzerland were really good. Um, Switzerland, to be fair, everyone overlooked them in that friendly. No one realises how good they actually did in the Euros, getting to the quarterfinals and only just losing to Spain. Um, so I even thought before the game they were actually going to beat us 2-1. But then when the players come out, I changed my mind and I thought we'd win 2-1, which is what I predicted on the vlog as well. Uh, but yeah, um, Atmosphere was dreadful. I'm not even gonna lie, it was poor. Um, I bet it was being, but but it was like being back at St Andrews, really. You know what? <laughs> Genuinely, I was actually thinking it halfway through the first half. This is like St Andrews, <laughs> no joke. Uh, I think the loudest in the first half, was, well, even before the first half kicked off, was the national anthem. That, that's how poor it was. <laughs> so it's um, like when we sing "Keep Right On" before the game starts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but basically. Um, second half, I thought, yeah, we deserve to win. I think when Declan Rice came on, it changed the game. And he has to start with Jude Bellingham 100% in that midfield. Um, yeah, 100%. I think Jordan Henderson's a good player, but no, Bellingham and Rice in there for me. One thing I do worry about, though, if Harry Kane gets injured... Um, yeah, that could be a bit of a problem. Tammy Abraham, though, is firing at the moment in Italy. So that is one plus in that sense. Uh, but yeah, a good penalty from Harry Kane to win it. Was it a penalty? People are 50-50 on that. Um, but yeah, Harry Kane slots it away and has a win for England at the end of the day. A win's a win. Exactly. I think I've, I think I've seen softer decisions. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll take it and we'll move on. Um, you know... A win's a win. So, the Ivory Coast game, let's talk about it. Um, a much more comfortable performance, to say the least. Again, wasn't particularly pretty, but we got the job done 
much more convincing as well. So uh, happy days. Um, Harry, what were your thoughts on the uh, Ivory Coast 3-0 victory for England? I did watch it. I'm not going to lie. Did you not? Have <laughs> you seen no. the highlights? No. Uh, well, we played all right. That's all you need. We to scored know. three goals. <laughs> we scored three goals, which is an improvement in itself. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Uh, I'll go straight to you then, Cole. What are your thoughts on the uh, 3-0 Ivory Coast victory? Two words. For those Villa fans who said he was never going to be good enough, Jude Bellingham. Thank you. Um, yeah, he. Uh, I think he sums up the performance. He was. I know. I know. He was the performance. Lies. He was the <laughs> performance. His heat map was ridiculous from that game. Yeah. He was player of the match. He was sensational. Um, and I think he. What I think we talked about it as well, Tom. Like what I really love is people on Twitter going, "Oh, he's all right, Jude Bellingham." Isn't he? Yeah, we fucking yeah. told you. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> you idiots. Um, apologies for the foul and abusive language to all you wonderful listeners and watchers. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they yeah, can let us know. off a few. Yeah, good. Um, but yeah, I think it was a much more, even with the fact it was a second string team effectively from the start, you know, there was no Kane um, in there. Mind you, actually, I think he might have actually been the only one really missing, I guess, who, who might not start. Um, I think we were just much more composed. And obviously, once, like I said earlier, once Aurier got himself sent off for a opening his mouth a little bit too much at the referee, which was just a silly decision to, to do, really. Um, it was really coasting, you know, and I think I think it was interesting that Jude played that 10 role. Um, that's not really yeah. something we've seen him a lot, do a lot at Blues in the first team. And, um, yeah, it was just much better and well-rounded, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, Sorry, my dad's just asking for the car keys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it was much better performance and much closer to I think the England that we quite like seeing and watching. Um, obviously, the Ivory Coast have got some good players there, but it isn't with the respect to them. It's not maybe the the quality we're going to face if we make it out of the group in Qatar. So, um, yeah. but again, it was another victory, job done. Jude was sensational, um, and I think again coming back to to the point that Harry made earlier, I think him and Declan Rice in that middle should be the pairing for England for the next. 10 years if not longer yeah Um, because they they're just they just complement each other so well I'm not a big fan of Mason Mount but him in there as well and I think that is a three that is an enjoyable three to watch um because I think they can just interchange as well if they need to you know if Rice goes forward Jude will drop back and vice versa um unfortunately obviously two two uh Two goals from Villa players, but you know we'll we'll, we'll let that stand because we won one nil for England. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, <laughs> a hard fought one nil victory. Yeah. Um the ball back from Grealish to Sterling for the second goal was was bloody good. It was um, good. But uh, again, coming back to what I said, it, there's just exciting players all round in that squad, um, and I think that it's it's an exciting time to be an England fan if that's a phrase you can use. I know not we're not a big fan of the England teams, maybe in of international breaks, but we all love a World Cup. So, uh, exactly. yeah, I think there's hope there. Let's just hope it's utilised in the right way and we're not waiting for the 85th minute to to see a substitution. <laughs> 100%, mate. Um, convincing performance in the end against, to be fair, on paper, I don't even think that Ivory Coast squad is that bad. Um, yeah, I, I, was, I, I was expecting worse. Um, but they have some good individuals on there. Yeah. I think their problem was it was solely individuals. There wasn't, there didn't seem to be much of a team there. Um, 
But yeah, no, I thought Raheem Sterling was electric and so was Jude. And those would be my two picks from that fixture. Moving on anyway, um, on to, before we get back onto blue stuff, let's let's go into an early World Cup prediction since we've uh, touched on it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Where, how far do you think England are going to get in the World Cup in winter? I know it's obviously very far away, a lot can change in um, a short space of time, but how are you feeling right now, sort of confidence-wise? Whereabouts would you put England? I'll start with you, Harry. I think a big factor could be how we defend in the World Cup, if I'm being honest. Um, we didn't actually mention it, but uh, we might come on to it about the Harry Maguire booze. Um, if he gets back to the player he was, um, then he could be a massive asset for us in that World Cup. Um I'm going to say, I reckon quarterfinals, semifinals, I don't think we'll get to the final. Um, I mean, I listened to Simon Jordan today. We got lucky with the draw we had in the last World Cup to get as far as we did. And like you said, Croatia um, and Southgate's tactical decisions costed us that game as well, like costed us the Euros in the final as well. So it's going to come as a whole of a mix of everything if we're going to progress really far in the World Cup. Uh, how we play Southgate's decision making is going to be all key uh, but yeah I'm going to say quarterfinals Fair play mate I myself uh, I'm between final and semi-final um, Third place playoff <laughs> <laughs> Yeah well there is always that sadly um, but I don't I don't know. It's it's really tough uh, to say now, but I, I do think uh, what Simon Jordan said was was a fair comment. Um, you know, we, we should have beaten Croatia, um, but I think the bigger one really is Italy. I, I, I really do still believe we should have beaten Italy in the final. Um, but we, we just seem to, we can't seem to get ourselves over in those big moments. Um, I think the Euros has put us in good stead for the World Cup. Um, but I think it's just put more pressure on Southgate that he has to at least make the final of this tournament. Um, depending on the group we get, if the group is easy, then the pressure is all on 100%. Um, and that is, in fairness, one thing that this England team does seem to deal relatively well with um, is pressure against the sides we probably should be. We do actually seem to get those results over the line where you could say past England teams seem to make a meal of the fixtures that should be easy. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see, but for now I am going to back us to get to the final. Um, whereabouts are you feeling Carl? Yeah, I think probably the semis, I reckon. Um, I just think that there are better teams than us in the world right now who will, will, will just go to town. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with what you're saying about the you know I think the Euros and the work, the previous experience will will serve us well, but I just think that I just don't think we've quite got the tools in the right place for me personally. Um, I back I'll obviously always back back them when they're playing, but I'm personally not a big fan of Southgate. I'm not sure he's the right manager. Um, 
Um, but you know, what do I know? This is one of fat blokes sitting on a podcast talking rather than actually <laughs> managing <laughs> managing a football team. Uh, I'm just not a fan of him, um, and I just think, I, and I agree exactly with the, you know, the tactics against Croatia, the tactics against Italy. Um, you know, you could argue we were quite lucky to get past Denmark. You know, I mean, at the time I was like, yeah, that's a definite penalty on Sterling. Is it though? Uh, yeah, I think we've had our element of luck. And I think if we get a tricky group or a tricky path, it might be harder because when you look at Croatia, Italy, the better teams we've come up against, we've struggled um, in the last couple of years. Um, I know we've had some outstanding performances as well, but yeah, I just, I think the semis is the, if, if you want to say an absolute bare minimum, I think it's got to be semi-final regardless. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I don't think they'll people will be overly happy unless Southgate gets us to the final. Um, but yeah, I think semis is probably gonna be it. We could be in for a shocker of a year, you know. We we could could end up out earlier. Um, one thing's for sure, we'll probably end up with Poland in our group. Let's face yeah. it, it's what we do at World Cups is Poland, uh, in some form or other. So, you know, they're gonna be in our group. Um but yeah, I, I think semi-finals will do. Uh, are we going to try and predict who's going to win it, if not England? Are we, we're going to push the boat out there? I've got a feeling it'll either be Brazil or France. I think it's probably going to be France. Yeah, I think uh, France really is the best side on paper, but Brazil are actually looking like a good side this year. They're, look, they're looking like the Brazil of old. So um, Depends if Neymar has to go to his sister's birthday party, doesn't it? Yep, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harry, you got yourself um, a little prediction who you think might win the World Cup? Um, are Argentina in it? They are, yes. I think Messi will really want to win it. I really do. Um, but I, they might. I feel like they might get to the final or semi-final, but I don't think they'll win it. I might actually throw Spain in there. I think they are getting better. They're getting better. They're getting better. Um, I just wanted to go back to quickly what Carl said, where he wasn't too happy about. Uh, Southgate and weren't thinking he was like the man for the job. I do agree, but I feel like if we did get someone in, could it actually be worse than what we actually have now? That is uh, the question. That is like the statement I will say. Uh, it's a risk take if he was to like end up leaving. For example, he won't, but like if he did, like where could we be without him potentially? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing for South- what Southgate has done well um, is obviously bring through the talent. He did that in the 21s. Um, and he, he's doing that now. I just think, I, I think he's done a good job, but, <sighs> but realistically, in a, yeah, exactly. In a Euros final, you've got Roberto Mancini versus Gareth Southgate. Who do you think is going to win that? <laughs> uh, exactly. And I think that's the difference. You know, we get to those big games, and in the opposite dugout, he's probably a world class manager against our mid-table in the Premier League with Middlesbrough twice and then relegated manager um, <laughs> who appeared in a Pizza Hut advert after he missed one of the most important penalties in English Walking history. into a post, wasn't it? <laughs> yep. So, um, you know, that's there's, there's a few things about Gareth for you right there. But I think what he has installed is a lot of belief into this team. And um, that's the only thing I'd ever worry about losing is that, that team morale that seems to be there, like everyone seems to be really happy on camp. Um, and that's the only thing you don't want to ruin uh, really. So I t- it's, it's frustrating because um, I do think we, we're just lacking that tactical edge uh, uh, when we get right to the top. Um, 
But no, you never know. I'm not going to judge until we're actually there. So we'll we'll wait and see. Just quickly, actually, before we do move back on to Blues, Harry Maguire boos, probably started mostly by Man United fans for how bad he's been this season. That's my only logical thought, because in fairness to him, I don't think he's ever played badly when putting on an England shirt, similar to Pickford in that regard. Um, so myself, I didn't understand the booze, but, you know, most of the country, the, the most supported club in the country is Manchester United. So you, you've got to think the majority of that stadium probably are Man United fans. Um or to some degree, at least. Um, or just people that don't like Harry Maguire. Why? I don't know. Maybe it was the Greece thing. Maybe they just don't like Man United players. Who knows? Take your pick. Um, can you guys give me a reason why the people at Wembley wouldn't like Slabhead? I'll start with you, Harry. Why do you think they booed him? Harry, why well, did it... they boo Harry? <laughs> you know what? It actually surprised me because the Switzerland game, when he's warming up, uh, literally fans all around me were literally chanting his name and literally chanting Harry Maguire and he was like saying hello to everyone. And so to hear that everyone was booing him surprised me in that sense. But overall, I wasn't because, let's be real, I don't think he deserves to be in that England team as of this moment. Like, again, I'll go back to Simon Jordan, for example. He said that on form, he shouldn't be there. And Gareth Southgate doesn't go off that. And he, well, Simon Jordan seems to think that that shouldn't be the case. And I kind of agree, but then Southgate's always going to go back to the people that have never let him down, isn't he? He's just that type of manager, clearly. But me personally, I wouldn't have called him up for these friendlies, personally. I would have probably left him out for these friendlies. But who else would you bring up, other than Fikayo Tamori, by the way, who I think is robbed of not having a spot in this England team uh, with what he's achieving at Milan? Um, And that is one thing I will hold against Southgate, in fairness. Yeah, that is a good point. That is the only problem. Like, we haven't really got many centre-backs, really, that could fulfil the role, have we? I just feel if he could have left him out, maybe it could have given him a kick up the arse and thought, oh, I'm not in this squad here. I really need to improve myself uh, for the rest of the season to get back in it. But yeah, Harry Harry Maguire uh, is clearly liked by Southgate. And in a way, you can can argue both cases. Like, he's never let England down, but on form for Man United, he's not been great. So... I think it's a 50-50 split decision, really. Uh, but I can understand the boos because uh, I know a lot of fans, not just Man United fans, that didn't want him in the team uh, for the friendlies. That's fair enough. Uh, Carl, what are your thoughts on the Harry Maguire boos? Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think he should have been called up for the friendlies. And you're right, who takes his place? But we played Benjamin White at right back. So, you know, he's a centre-back. Yeah. Um, for me, you... <laughs> you've got to take the heat off these players when they've got it, you know, and I, I get the argument for uh, if you don't pick a guy, it could affect his confidence when he's struggling, but also picking him for the national team when it's absolutely obvious to the entire world that the form's not there, which, by the way, Southgate said he wouldn't do when he took the England job. He said he would pick yeah, players on form, not he did say that. anything else. My dad always reiterates that every tournament, that point, he's always like, oh, we're going to pick form players. Lying again, are we, Gareth? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And and I get the argument, you know, and I get that, you you know, managers will go to players that they've trusted and have done a job for them. But let's face it, it wasn't 
uh, you know, it's not like it was competitive football in the terms of it was really for anything. For me, I just think that you, 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 you've got to take the heat off him. And I know that goes against what I was saying about picking a consistent back line earlier. But right now, Harry Maguire doesn't need any more limelight than he's got in the footballing world. Could you imagine if he'd have made a mistake for a goal? Do, do you know what I mean? It was just piled more on. So, yeah. you know, on, if you're picking on form, he doesn't play in that squad. And um, uh, tomorrow he does. It's as simple as that. You know, and if you're going to give players a chance, you've got to give everyone a chance. It's, it's as simple as that. But on the actual booing, uh, I ha- I'm not a big Harry Maguire fan, full stop. There's just something that I don't like. Um, appreciate what he's done in an England shirt. Uh, I just don't, I'm not a big fan, but I just don't think that you, you boo a, a player a team you can go to support. I know we've all voiced our frustration at Blues at the end of a game if we've been particularly bad. In Christ, there's been enough of them. Um, but before a game, do you build a player? Absolutely not. Maybe when they get themselves sent off in the last few minutes of a 2-0 loss where your team have been abysmal, possibly. But um, oh, it still hurts. But um, not before a game. I just don't get it um, personally. And whether you like him or not, I just don't think it was the right thing to do. It doesn't mean that I like him anymore, but you've got to. And we say this time and time again, you have to back the boys or girls who step over that white line, regardless of your personal opinions of them. Because at the end of the day, they're playing for, you know, ideally they're playing for the badge. We all know it's the paycheck, but, you know, it's the badge and you've got to back them to the end. Um, So I just don't think it's the right thing to do. And I think what I really enjoy, and it comes back to what we're saying about the feeling around the squad, is that all the players that have come out and backed him since. You know, not not so much Southgate because Southgate will always do that, but players like Jordan Henderson, you know, yeah. who you know are a real voice for the team. So, um, yeah, like I said, not his biggest fan, but booing was wrong in my opinion. Certainly, as he hadn't messed up at that point, he had ninety minutes to do that. <laughs> I think even you know, in hindsight, that's a Liverpool player backing a Man United player as well, in a sense. Um, so it just shows how close that England team really is, sort of knit wise. Um, very, very close group. And I imagine Maguire and Henderson are sort of part, part of the leadership circle in that England squad as well. So, um, yeah. But, now Booing was wrong, uh, but I also think there are players in that squad who shouldn't be there. And Tamori being one of the best central defenders in Italy right now, if not the best, which is, you know, a big statement. Um, I think he should be picked and I think it's it's very unfair that he's not and I was very happy for Mark Gay here I actually thought he performed really well in the first friendly um, yeah. I, I haven't actually I was more impressed with Ben White at right back than I was at Ben with Ben White at centre back which is a tad of a concern but also not so awful I guess but when Trent and Trippier are back for the actual tournament itself we're not going to be talking about Ben White at right back anymore, hopefully. No, we're going to be talking about Trippier at left back. <laughs> yep, probably again. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, moving on, back to Blues. Let's get into it. I suppose central defenders who play, who fans personally don't like is a bit of a topic at the moment, particularly for Blues. Harley Dean, I think it's quite a 50-50 sort of split. I suppose opinion in the fan base, maybe 60 40. Um, but obviously, the uh, article came out in the Birmingham Mail the other day. 
Uh, him talking about his Blues exit, obviously he's not completely gone yet, um, but it's looking more likely and he doesn't believe there is a uh, place for him at Blues anymore, um, which I think he's right in thinking, to be honest. Um, but he's blamed it on people on the outside rather than people on the inside. So long story short, he's blamed it on us. Um, the reason why he's no longer at the club, and maybe I can understand a, a part of that, but also mostly I don't because I think Harley Dean has spent too long avoiding blame. Um, yes, he won player of the season um, the season before. Did I vote for him to be player of the season? No. Um, I actually voted his defensive partner, Mark Roberts, um, who I thought had been most improved. Harley Dean did have a good season, though. I'll give him that. But it was a very poor season overall for Blues, where our defence was probably the only thing we could actually talk about um, because we got quite a few clean sheets, uh, particularly the first half of the season. Um, but, yeah, I'm personally not a big fan of his comments um, especially when you cast your mind back to things he said about the fans, um, even after he scored. And I think we all know what he said to the Tilton that one time. Um, I don't have a grudge against the bloke. There are moments at Blues that I've really loved Harley Dean. I think he's got a great chant as well at Blues. You know, I, I can't listen to sep September in the same way ever again now um, because he's gone. But there, there were there were there were a few ups, but I think there were just too many downs in the end, and he needs to accept at least some responsibility for that um, to a degree, uh, particularly this season. And I think we just needed a change in leadership, and that's always a very difficult transition to have at any football club. There's no easy way of doing it, um, and it's it's a hard thing to have to force anybody out of a squad. But I think it had to be done for the sake of Blues, and obviously, I think people behind the scenes at Blues clearly thought the same thing. Um, Carl, I'll come to you first. What were your thoughts on the article? First thoughts were, you can go get... And that was it, really. Um, <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it, Harley? I mean, you know, he has given us some great moments. There, the goal against Fulham on the final game of the season, a couple of his other goals he scored, the shrug celebration... Um, coming out and speaking out kind of after Karanka had gone, I guess, you know, really said it all. I just think that he is too much for me personally. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think it's, he has to take some portion of the blame, you know, and think back to Coat Gate as well with Instagram um, with all his coats he was offering out and, and all sorts. Um, you know, he, he's not, maybe done it the best way but I can't also imagine what it's like trying to do your job and you're getting told you're shit at your job by 20,000 people at least <laughs> week in week out I think it was just the right time for him to go I think that he was maybe a disruptive influence in the dressing room and I think we all have that impression regardless of your thoughts on Harley Dean we, we know that there is obviously an issue there somewhere in the dressing room and I just don't think that he was the right captain to lead the club forward regardless. And I think that what normally when you come to have to strip a player of the captaincy, it's soon followed by an exit. And I just think it's just that natural parting, you know, for, for Blues and him. He He's obviously trying to, I don't know, get his opinion across and trying to point out that, you know, he, he's, he would love to come back, but he doesn't see a way back or whatever. 
Um, but I don't think that the majority of Blues fans would necessarily want him back. I mean, I think he's been out for nine weeks injured anyway, so it's not like he's been playing a load of football um, at Sheffield Wednesday. So, yeah, I just think it's it was great while it lasted. You gave us some iconic shithouse moments, but, you know, thanks, Harley. Move on in the summer. And let's get uh, let's get Nico Gordon on a freaking twelve year contract or something ridiculous like that, <laughs> um, because I think that that's what you've got to do, you know. And I think I personally felt more assured with Nico Gordon in the back line than I did with Harley, and I think that speaks volumes. So, yeah, he was out of the squad for a reason. I don't think that's all just make believe. I don't think Lee Bowie goes on Twitter and goes, "Fan base aren't a fan of Harley. Let's drop him." I don't think that's how it works. Maybe maybe Dong when he used to be there, but but certainly not with uh, with Lee Bowyer. And uh, yeah, I think it's just a bit of a, a last minute lash out at fans rather than anything else. But uh, but yeah, it thanks Harley Tara. Make sure we get some money for you and uh, good luck in your future endeavours. At I don't know Shrewsbury or wherever you're going to be playing next season. <laughs> well, Wednesday fans seem to like him, so I imagine he'll probably end up back there. Depends if they get promoted or not and how much of a part he pl- actually plays in it, because I know he returned to action at, um, at the weekend and um, seemed to do all right, apparently. Uh, I have a couple of Wednesday mates and they, they only have nice things to say so far, but I Give think... it time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think uh, Blues fans probably felt the same way when Harley Dean first arrived as well. Um, you know, that tends to be the, the case with a lot of new signings that you'll like them at first. And then over time, especially when they're handed more responsibility, it can go south. Um, so, yeah, but no, I, I love Nico Gordon. I think he's been a perfect replacement so far. So um, I'm not, I'm not missing Harley that much personally. Um, but yeah, that that's my personal opinion. Harry, what's your opinion on uh, Harley Dean? I actually feel quite sorry for him. Um, if I'm honest, like I get like he's give abuse to fans a little bit in the past, but the abuse that he suffered, um, even when Carl, like Carl mentioned, giving them uh, coats away, like he was doing that for a good cause, like it wasn't anything to do with being like an arsehole towards the club or anything. I do think he could have hit the badge though. I, I mean, I, I, if I was him, I would have thought, okay, knowing Blues fans, they'll probably react to the badge. Like that's that's. Mm. Just me thinking ahead, but I don't know whether Harley Dean would do that. Evidently not. <laughs> True. Um, me personally, from what I've seen of Harley Dean, what I've heard of him, I actually think as a gentleman in like outside of football, he seems like a very nice guy. Um, I mean, he came in for the Coventry game, didn't he? And he actually did all right. And then he was frozen back out again. Like, I think I had this conversation with you couple of months ago, Tom, or three or four months ago about him. Um, and we suggested maybe he shouldn't have been dropped, but he should have been just stripped of the captaincy. Um, and I probably think that was probably fair. That I think that was fair to begin with, and they probably should have done that and still played him and then see how he was. And then if he was no better, then maybe drop him after that. Uh, but it wasn't to be. Um, and yeah. Uh, the only way he stays in the summer is if Lee Bowyer wasn't in charge. And, of course, that isn't going to be the case. So, yeah, it looks like he'll be gone in the summer. I think it's for the best, really, for both parties. Uh, I think he's clearly found, well, it's clearly settled at Wednesday. Um, 
So, you know, I wish him all the best. And I have heard very nice things about the bloke off, off the pitch. Um, just, unfortunately, he's had those moments on the pitch um, that people don't forget. And I just think it's it's not really a grudge anymore. I think it's just for the best of both parties now that yeah. but both just move on. Um, I think a lot of this squad need to move on, you know, not just Harley. Uh, but I just feel like this is the beginning, the start of the big clear out we've needed for years. And you've got to think Harley Dean's on ridiculous wages as well. Uh, we could be, we could have brought in, you know, three very good players that are either at his level or above that for the wages he's on alone. So it's, you've got to look at it in a sense of, it's clearing up space and I think there will be a lot of players that we'll see go to also make more room on that wage bill because Dong offered ridiculous contracts. So hopefully we can actually uh, offer some sensible contracts and get some good uh, good team players in and uh, see where Blues, Blues can move on from here. Uh, but I do wish Harley Dean all the best um, of luck. For yeah. I just want to say one more thing on that situation. Sure. I was actually one of the people that actually... Said he sh- when we after the commentary game after he got dropped, I thought defensively we actually got worse, and I was one of the people who said he needs to be back in. Um, at that time, I did think he should have come back in, um, but it wasn't to be. So yeah, like you said, Tom, it looks like he's going to be gone. Um, yeah, I don't know. He, we I'm can 50, get 50, two 50. players of of his sort of standard for literally his wage. <laughs> true. True. I think as well, what you've got to remember is, you know, these players have had multiple managers now to yeah. prove themselves, and they go through the. And I'm not; it's not just him in this in this part of what I'm saying. You know, where they go through the same cycle, they'll start well, they'll play horrendously, the manager gets sacked, and they dig us out of the hole at the end of the season. Yeah. We can't keep going on like that. He's in that group of players, and, and I've, I mean, I've, you know, I've not really heard much, obviously, being as far away from from Blues as I am. I don't. You know, I don't hear a lot. I kind of have to pick up what I pick up on Twitter or, or talking to Tom. Um, but like, I just think that he may well be a nice guy. I just think it's at that point in life where the relationship is toxic both ways. It isn't going to work. Let's get the money. Let's look for fresher blood. You know, thanks for everything he's done for Blues. And obviously I wish him for the be- all, all the best and stuff like that. But yeah, I think it's just run its course now. Um, as with many other players who no doubt we will come on to. Yeah, exactly. And at the end of the day, I think the reason why it's fallen, sort of the responsibility of all this has fallen on his shoulders the most is because he's the captain. Um, so that that is why a lot of the blame has obviously gone his way in the end. But no, I do wish him all the best. Wednesday fans seem to like him, so I hope he settles in well there. It certainly looks like a permanent move could be on the cards in the future, uh, potentially um, over there. And I'd like to see Wednesday get back up. You know, they're, they're not a League One club. So, um, yeah, I just hope they don't come back up and Harley Dean scores against us, which is... Oh, he will. Uh, knowing Blues, it's a very likely... 100%. A very likely outcome. And I'm sure Harley Dean would shush us all. Um, <laughs> it's, I can envision it now. Or cup is here, anything. Or maybe throw the W word again. But yeah. who knows? Um, <laughs> moving on, anyway. Um, we'll get on to... Well, I suppose uh, the mini game for the day, retain and release, um, sort of fits nicely into this subject of moving on players and um, keeping some behind. So uh, 
I'll get straight into it. Hi, Blue fans. Marlon King here. You're listening to the Blues Focus podcast. Keep right on. So, retain or release. Starting off with a big name who has had his ups and downs this season, but I'd say mostly ups, particularly of late. Um, he's been a good performer. Um, but when he's had downs in a game, they've been serious downs um, because of... Uh, suspensions and just inconsistent performances. Uh, but when he is performing well, he's probably one of the best players on the pitch, and that is Christian Pedersen. Um, I will come to you first, Harry. Retain or release? You know what? A month or two ago, I would have said release, but the last month or two, well, the last six, seven games, he's redeemed himself, and I would retain that's fair enough. Um, I think I agree with that um, because he has performed well. I still get the feeling he doesn't want to be here particularly or not not so that he doesn't want to be here because I think he is a passionate player, but I think he's ready for a move further forward and wants to prove himself more because I think he wants to break into the Danish national team, if I'm honest. Um, so to be honest, I think I, I wouldn't lose too much sleep if he did go. So I am going to stand by my gut and say release for now. Carl, what is your thoughts? Christian Pedersen, retain or release? Release. He's gone anyway. He doesn't want to sign his contract extension, does he? So he's gone yeah. anyway. Um, exactly. I don't think he's... I think last season he was he was one of our better players. And I think maybe this, you know, the other seasons that before that, you know, I think, thought he was great. Um, I just think that, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Tom. I think he wants to get into the Danish national team. Obviously, I think he was called up last season at one point. Um, or maybe he, he, he's been in or around the squad uh, once or twice with him. I think he obviously wants to get back there. You know, I think he's made his comments about Premier League last summer as well with Steve Bruce at Newcastle, allegedly, you know, wanting to sign him, which uh, I'm not sure what that says, if Steve Bruce wants to sign you. Um, <laughs> but... I just don't think his heart's in it at Blues anymore. I think he's had enough. I think he, he wants out. I think it, it can be very evident, no more evident than when he passed the ball to the Plymouth player that was on the floor in the FA Cup. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I think for me, I, I he doesn't, you know, I think Gardner um, basically confirmed it in that Q&A that he, him and Bella are both not signing contracts. So I think, yeah, really, even if he was, I wouldn't want him to stay. I think same similar with Harley. He's been great for us for the last couple of years, but I think now it's his time to move on for him and for us, really. You know, um, again, I think we can get two or three decent players in for for similar money. One hundred percent. I just don't think he's good enough for the Premier League. I really don't. I don't um, think he's good enough for the Prem. To be fair, I agree. Um, but delusions of grandeur and all that. That is true. That is true. Well, some players do end up moving on and somehow become absolute superstars from out of nowhere. So it's not impossible, but I just highly doubt it. Um, so, you know, but I wish him all the best of luck as well if he does go, because uh, I'll always appreciate the goal against Villa. And um, I'm pretty sure he scored a winner at home against Luton once or the first goal in the game anyway. I think it was the first goal. Um, and his header against Brentford. That was oh yeah, and that that goal, what a goal that 18 was. yard header. Wow. <laughs> um that will live long in the memory. 
Um, obviously, you've just mentioned him, Jeremy Bella. It's a shame because I really like him as a character. I think he's great. Um, always seems to have a smile on his face. And uh, I imagine he's a he's a good one to have around the squad, sort of morale-wise. Um, I loved him when he first joined Blues. His instant impact was great. I'll never forget that free kick at Reading away. Uh, I was on the front row for that. It was excellent. Um, and yeah, it, I remember when he first joined and he said um, joining Blues was like uh, a match made in heaven. So uh, <laughs> okay. I've always had a soft spot for Jeremy Bella. But um, thinking about the long term and the way Lebo you want to play, Jeremy Bella just doesn't fit into any of the systems that Bowyer actually plays. Obviously, we sort of made him a makeshift left wing back, but at the end of the day, that's not Jeremy Bella, really, is it? Um, he is an out and out winger, um, you know, likes to take on players, get crosses in the box, and score the occasional goal. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't rule out him completely not signing a new deal. I feel like he's more likely to sign a new deal than Pedersen is. Um, but for now, I, I am going to say release just because he doesn't fit the system and you, you don't want to waste wages on players because you love them, not, you, you know, for sentimental reasons rather than uh, um, releasing them for the right reasons just because they don't fit the system. So, um, yeah, for me, I'm going to say release. Carl, what are your thoughts on Jeremy Bella? Yeah, I mean, you've literally summed it up pretty nicely with a lovely little bow there. Um, I think he... <laughs> He can be exciting. Um, I think he's too inconsistent at times going forward. Um, but then he's the type of player you want whipping balls in for Duke. And if Duke's not playing, then I think we lose that element to him. Uh, I think he's lost a bit of pace as well. I mean, obviously, yeah. we all do as we get old. I mean, I'm again, I'm a, fat, I'm a fat guy here on a podcast talking about a professional athlete <laughs> losing pace. So, you know, um, but yeah, I just, I think it's clear he isn't going to fit into a system that, that Boya is looking at. It's obvious Boya wants to play with three at the back or the three four three or the diamond or however we want to sort of those three systems. It, and it does pain me. I've got a lot of love for Bella. Again, that free kick against Reading is clearly the standout moment. Uh, I think I was probably about six or seven rows higher than you, Tom, um, for that one. Yeah. And it was just, I think it's one of the few times I've seen a Blues player score a direct free kick. So, uh, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was great. But um I would happen to have to agree with you. And yeah, I would say release. Um, but with the little asterisk of if he does happen to sign a one-year extension, then it wouldn't necessarily um, disappoint me too much. I completely agree. I second that 100%. I, I'd be happy if he stayed, but it's probably realistically for the best in the long term that um, he, he moves on. And um yeah, that loss of pace is, is a weird one because it clearly has happened. You know, he's not as quick as he once was, not as energetic either. Um, <clears throat> but he has picked up a couple of, of injuries in his time at Blues and that has probably taken a toll, I imagine, because we didn't exactly pick him up at a young age. So, uh, yeah. like you say, so, you know, if he does leave, then I wish him all the best. I think he's an amazing character and that Reading free kick will live long in the memory, an absolutely awesome free kick. Um, you, you couldn't strike it much better than that. Um, and I always really liked his header against Leeds at home as well. I thought it was a nice goal. Yes. And, you know, 
the 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 winner against Derby at home as well. That was that was a lovely goal. So um, yeah, we'll always we'll always love Jezza for that. Um, Harry, what are your thoughts on uh, Jeremy Bella uh, retain or release? You know, when Boya first come in, he was just he was very suited to his formation, wasn't he? He was. Uh, to be fair, yeah. And th- this is what infuriates me with Bowie at the moment. We clearly haven't got the players to play this formation that he wants to play. It's obvious he wants to play with the formation that we're currently playing with. But when you've got people like Bella and Hernandez and Chong, get it out wide, like you said, when we for, when he first came in, and just stick it into the box. For, um, even Hogan's good at heading the ball. Even Hogan's good at heading the ball and Djokovic and people like that. And it's annoying that we can't play that way now because Bella would be even more effective. He's been effective this season. There's been times where we've played absolutely awful and he's one of the players that actually try and make something out of nothing at times. Um, And in that sense, it would annoy me if the club have just given up, like just after him saying once, nah, I'm not keen on it. Like, just try everything you can do to retain him. Um, but I can see what you're both saying is in he doesn't fit the system. So, in that sense, I'm 50-50 on it. But I think out of both him and Pedersen, like you said, Tom, I think Bella is more likely to re-sign than Peds. Um, I like Carl said as well, haven't, uh, hasn't Bella got a one-year extension trigger on his contract at the moment anyway? Can't lose, just trigger that anyway. Yeah, if we wanted to, we could trigger a one-year extension. I think that, we have that, tried why, though why and offered less money. I think we've tried and offered less money. Yeah, and I think that, that's, it down. I that's think. the problem. Yeah, I think we did we did offer something, but it was less money, so uh, that's why it's been turned down, or at least that's what I think they said at the meeting. Yeah. Um, but hey ho, it, it, it'd be a shame. Um, but the, but that's football. Um, the next few names are going to be easier, really. Um, should be nice and quick fire. Um, I always liked the glimpses I saw of this lad, um, but he was never really going to make it at this level with Blues anyway. You never know. He might be back at this level again one day with a different team. I just don't see it happening with Blues, sadly. And that is Connell Truman, whose contract runs out at the end of the season. Um, I think it's quite an easy answer for me. It's release. Um, Harry, release or retain? You know what? It's been a loyal servant. In my opinion as well, he's actually never really, in my opinion, actually been given a proper chance. So in that sense, I feel sorry for him. But yeah, he's never going to get probably the number one jersey side release, I'm afraid. He's just a B-Tech Colin Doyle, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> Carl, retain or release? Yeah, release. Um, I think, like with most our youngsters, we always want to see them do well. Um, but I would, again, similar to what I was saying about you know, some of these players having numerous managers. Truman has had exactly the same. And yeah. bar that little mad stint where he replaced Lee Camp for a bit, no manager has seen him as, as a number one. He's, what, 25, 26, 24, somewhere out there. He's got Zach Jacob breathing down his neck, who I think we all know is is definitely a number two and a potentially a future number one for Blues or, uh, you know, or certainly at that level. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, again, thank you for for your efforts and, and all the best for your future endeavours. But yeah, release for me. 100%. Glad we all agree. And now we actually get on to the lone players that we've had. So this is an interesting one. 
Um, those are the three senior players that uh, are out of contract in the summer. Now, these players are just all players that we've had on loan this season. So I'll start with the easy one. Oh, retain or release to Heath Chong. This one's such a hard question. Um, obviously, it's unlikely, but I would comfortably say retain. Uh, Carl, what about you? If the money's right and he would want to do it, <laughs> then retain for sure. However, I think we all know that his future probably lies either with United, if they do sign him up to a, you know, they do extend his contract, um, or, you know, elsewhere at a maybe a lower Prem team. But yeah, I mean, I think we can all agree he's a player that we'd all love. Um, and I think he loves the club. You know, that's the impression you get. You know, and it's not often that you get players, and, and I'm going to go slightly off piece here with it, but it's not often you get players who you feel genuinely love the club when they come on loan. But yeah. I get the feeling that most of the players we've had in on loan this season do love the club, genuinely. And I know some of them are desperate for a contract for next season or whatever, but, <laughs> you know, they are, you know, they, they do seem to really enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, I think he's definitely one we'd love to retain. But um, I think we're probably going to be priced out of that, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think uh, that's the most likely scenario. But I won't lose hope. I will keep my fingers crossed. Harry, retain or release to Heath Chong. There is three reasons why we now have a better chance of retaining him than he did before his injury. One, he got injured, so he's been out for most of the season. Two, Anthony Alanga at Manchester United. And three, our relationship with Manchester United. If Anthony Alanga hasn't had the form he has this season for Manchester United, I think Chong could be more in the mix next season for them. But now Anthony Alanga has come through and the way he's played this season, I actually think that means Chong will get loaned out again next season. I know his contract is running out in the summer, but there has been rumours that it will be triggered a one-year uh, extension and he will be loaned out. The, set, the fact that he has been injured for most of the season makes me think, Man United might think, let's loan him back to Birmingham. He's been injured for like most of the season and give him a full season and again at Birmingham and then go over the situation uh, come the end of next season. Uh, so I think we've actually got a better chance of retaining him than we did, say, obviously before Anthony Alanga uh, come through into the Man United first team. Indeed. That's a good point. I didn't think about Alanga, actually. It was a great shout. You know, he's he's been a revelation, I think, for United these last, you know, one of the few bright sparks. So, yeah, that's a really good, great point, actually. you you got to think as well. They've got Ahmad Diallo and a couple of other younger lads in a similar sort of position. So, um, I do think Chong will uh, go back out on loan next season. We can hope it's to Blues, and I imagine he'd want to come back, uh, but you never know. United might want to send him on a different challenge uh, or a different pathway. But hopefully there is unfinished business with Blues and he comes back in whatever capacity possible. I will take anything. Um, just just on that, do you remember the rumour of Diallo coming to us as well? Christ, I do, you yeah. that had happened? <laughs> One minute we were you front know, that runners. surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if Diallo does, because I don't know recently, but when he first went to Rangers the first month or two, he was actually only getting on the Rangers bench. So I don't know if that is still the case. Um, but if he is, it wouldn't be surprise me if Diallo is loaned out again next season by Man United either. So you never know, try and get either one of them. 
True. Wouldn't mind being a United B team. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it, would you? Uh, he scored on his debut, but I don't think he's done much else since then. So uh, you never know. Championship might be his next. He's uh, made for Blues, then, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so next player, Tatum Mengi. Um, tough one, really, because I think as, as a player, he's a very impressive player. I think quite technically, defensively gifted. He's got a bit of pace. However, his injury record is astonishingly bad. And for me, it that completely just rules him out. Um, and I, I would release, I, I wouldn't look to bring Ted's back. Um, although I think he is a fantastic player, I, I could see him be one of those players that retires early just because of how many injuries the, the poor kid gets. Um, but you know, if uh, if we did bring him back next season on loan again from United, I wouldn't I wouldn't say no, um, because when he has played, he has played very well. Um, but it's just injuries that's a big concern for me, and I really I'm so fed up of injuries. I don't want any more. Um, so for for me, it's a release. Um, Harry Tatum, Mengi thoughts. Well. When he first came in in the first few appearances, we were debating whether he's better than Sanderson. And I have to say, from what I've seen from both ever since they've switched, obviously Mengi coming to us and Sanderson going to QPR, I actually think Mengi's the better defender. Sanderson has been making so many de- defensive mistakes at the back of QPR. Like there was a goal against Nottingham Forest um, when they were winning there and away from him. It was just, I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was absolutely shocking the way Sanderson defended. Um, and like I say, I think Mengi's a better defender. Injuries via Mengi could be the problem. And there is another centre-back that Man United got loaned out at Hull City in Deshaun Bernard. And I feel like we should maybe look at him more than Tiedem Mengi potentially and could be a cheaper option than Tiedem Mengi. Um, and one that I, I know was on about Mengi, but if we want to bring a, another United centre-back in next season feel like Dijon Bernard could be the case. So in that sense, and with Mengi's injury record, I think I would release Mengi. Completely agree with that. I'd love to see a player like Bernard at Blues. Wouldn't be against that at all. Carl? Yeah, I was quite impressed with Mengi. Um, Certainly the... Was it the Plymouth game, his first game for Blues? Yeah, it it was. Um, I think he's one of the few players that could hold his head up in that game. Um. And I mean, that was very few players that could. 100%. Um, yeah. But no, I just think, you know, I think we all know we're not going to be pulling up any trees next season, if we're honest. You know, we might be looking at mid-table obscurity, which would be a dream, I think, for us at this point. Um, <laughs> that's almost as good as promotion, isn't it? Um, but These days, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. But I think for us, we need to have a settled and relatively injury-free squad to have a decent season. And I think I agree. I think the injury record isn't good enough. Um, so great. I think it's great. I think again, he's another one of these players has got massive potential, but not for me. But again, similar asterisks to, to the Bella. If it does happen, then cool. I'm happy with it. He knows the club. He's been there. We know him. We know what he can and can't do. Uh, the only criticism I've got of him is his heading is quite unique. I'm pretty sure it goes <laughs> up more than it does out most of the time. But yeah. again, fat guy. You know, comparing football players and, and things like that. But um yeah, 
I think if, if it happens, fine. I've got no problem with it, but it's not one that I would look to renew. Um, and again, I think that money can be better spent elsewhere. 100%. The next player, honestly, the easiest answer here, to be honest, for me, uh, that's Onel Hernandez. Retain. I don't really need to say much more else than that. If we can bring Onel back, I think we have made a very, very, very good signing. Obviously, age isn't really on his side. Is he playing like his age? No. Is he playing like he's in his prime? Yes. Um, <laughs> maybe the shooting boots aren't quite there. But I just watching on El Hernandez every time, I'm just like, we don't deserve you. Why are you playing for Birmingham City in the championship? We don't um, deserve nice things. Yeah, we, we literally, we don't deserve it. it. I think a lot of the time this season when he has played for us, he's, there's been games where we've been so poor that he is literally our only attacking outlet. His pace is immense. His dribbling and ball retention skills are insane out of this world i've never known someone so good with the ball at his feet it's just you can't get it off him um but yeah and i think the only thing that's probably missing is the end product really um just just that finishing touch uh, but that can be worked on and i think bo is really trying and working hard to uh add that extra finishing touch to onel's game because you know they, they they keep saying that they believe they can get more out of him and the best is yet to come and um, I truly do believe that. I think he's literally probably the best player we've got at the moment, if not one of the best. Um, so, yeah, Onel, straight up, retain. If we can keep Onel, I will be a happy boy. So, uh, yeah, that's my opinion yes, on that one. <laughs> yeah, just a tad. Uh, <laughs> Carl, retain or release Onel Hernandez. I think we should release him and maybe keep Bella. Um, and that's where we end here. <laughs> um, <laughs> you've been serious then. And I was like, oh, yeah, joke, Your face yeah. just dropped. <laughs> Had to get yourself unfriended in 30 seconds. Say don't retain on El Hernandez, which isn't a sentence I ever thought I would say, but there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? You know, I think... He has cut at times a frustrated figure, but I think that's not on him. That's on the way the team have played um, and, and the game plan. So, yeah, I think he has... Do you remember when Montero... Not that I'm comparing the two, don't worry. But do you remember when Montero came on for that 10-minute spell? I think it, I can't remember who it was against. And he he looked incredible. And we were like, oh, my I God, remember. what I remember. the hell? And then he started the next game, got injured, and we never saw him again. Um, yeah. But thankfully he did because then Jude came on and scored the winner. But anyway... Um, Onel, I've got that same feeling about Onel, but I see it every single time I watch him play. Every time he gets the ball on the fit, and it's not just that, it's the excitement that goes around the crowd the minute he's on the ball. And we know that the atmosphere at St Andrews is pretty dead, but there is that little buzz as soon as he gets the ball, everyone's like, oh, something could happen here. We, we've got a chance. Um, so yeah, it's a no brainer. I think the end product, and he's just, just got to be quicker with his decision making as well, either shoot or pass. You know, make that decision quicker. Yeah. I think sometimes he's he took a bit of time with it, but yeah, it isn't a isn't even a question. I'd sell a kidney to keep him. To be fair, if we have to. <laughs> I agree, mate. I agree. Um, Harry, your thoughts? You know what? It's a shame it's not like twenty five, twenty six. Because honestly, he's probably the best player at Blues right now. Um, yeah, he makes things happen out of nothing. 
if it wasn't for him, I don't think a lot of people actually realise that we probably wouldn't create 80% of the chances we create without Anar Hernandez. Um, he's that good. And like there's been games like away at Bournemouth, we wouldn't have even been talking about potentially getting back to 2-2 when we got back to 2-1 after him and Bella made that happen. Obviously, Manny Hernandez um, and that substitution of Boya was great that day. Uh, it wasn't to be, we didn't win the game, but like I say, we wouldn't have even been talking about potentially getting a draw from there around the 70th minute uh, when we equalised. Um, well, not equalised when we scored the goal back. I'm getting too excited there. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's great. He really is. I think out of all of the lone players, he's the most important to get back because we'll come on to him in a minute. Of course, Tom, you wrote him down and you know I'm on about straight away when I say that. Um, the man himself, yeah, Mr. Lyle. Um, he's next but, on the list. Yeah. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, without Hernandez, we won't be creating the chances. So he is the most important. And Carl mentioned, or you mentioned Tom, I can't remember, but I think you both mentioned it, to be fair. Like, he's not afraid to take on players. Um, when Magoma was very, very good for Blues and when he was never used to be scared of taking on players, it reminds me a little bit of Jax Magoma like that, but 100 times better than Magoma. Um, and not yeah, he has, <laughs> he has to be. <laughs> I'm joking. 17-18 Magoma was unstoppable. We'll carry on. Yeah, it, Hernandez has to be retained. However, I actually think if Norwich come down, it will be tough. And I know Norwich fans really want him back there. Um, there was loads of tweets today about him scoring. I think it was a great goal away at uh, Middlesbrough for Norwich. Um, and all the uh, Norwich fans were just saying, we want him back. It's been the worst decision all this season, loaning him out. So, yeah. But be for me, retained. Hundred percent. Well, it does sound like the Norwich are actually the club themselves are open to uh, selling on L, um, which would be great if we could bring him back. But we'll we'll see. Um, I'll try and wrap up quickly on the next few. Lyle Taylor, great character, good finisher, retained for me. Carl. Yeah. Um, I think my only concern is because uh, I think he is definitely out of contract, isn't he? I think this year, if I remember rightly, my concern is, is he playing for a contract? If he's not and he can carry that performance through, I know he's got the history with Boya, so that's, you know, I'm, I'm all right with that then 100%. Um, we love shit houses at Blues. He's a shit house. And I think you couldn't have wished for a better player to score in the sixth minute, sixth minute at Derby, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I think from what we've seen, he has, you know, we've missed him when he's not played. And it's not often you can say that about Blues attackers over the last couple of years, maybe. Um, so with the exception of probably Che and Duke when Duke was on fire. Um, so, yeah, I think absolutely. It's an, Again, it's a no-brainer for me. Whether we keep Hernandez or not, I think he is going to be the one to you know provide that finishing touch and he's proved that with with some of the goals he scored he knows where the back of the net is and ultimately that's the main thing um we need that clinical finish and uh he's the one to provide it so yeah retain 100 harry i know your answer already but go on well it's yes however there is something about this that might prevent it from happening is what craig gardner wants to do 
um, with having obviously younger players and stuff. However, we can make an exception for Lyle Taylor as long as I think he needs to prove himself for the rest of the season now. If he does, I think Craig will go with it and he'll be like, yeah, okay, that's an exception. We can have uh, Lyle Taylor. But I, I think him, especially Lyle Taylor, to the end of the season, it's massive for him. Uh, um, that's just my opinion. I think he's got to, what he's done already, he needs to do that for the rest of the season now with the games remaining. Uh, but he's been excellent. And I forgot to mention it earlier. We actually missed him at Swansea. And you could see how big of a miss he was away at Swansea. Um, yeah, I can't believe I forgot to mention that earlier, to be fair. <laughs> but um, yeah, but unbelievable player. I was a little bit... I weren't expecting him to be this good as uh, what he has been. I'm not going to lie. Um, but clearly... He wasn't given the chance at Forest to show that as much as we have given him. So, yeah, 100% retain, mate. Lovely stuff. Because uh, we've not got a mass amount of time left to go, I'll try and wrap up on these ones quickly. Taylor Richards and Castillo are both releases for me. What about you, Carl? Yeah, get calm. Lovely stuff. Harry, Taylor Richards and Juan Castillo. Castillo, yes. Taylor Richards, I don't think he's been given enough of a chance to, for me to answer that question. Oh, OK. Thank God. I thought you were saying fucking retain Castillo. No. no. <laughs> when, you, when you said yes, I was like, come again? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, get rid of Castillo. Mate, he pump. don't even get in this starting yep. line up at Charleston. <laughs> he could go back to Chelsea under 23s. Um, yep. But, yeah, uh, Taylor Richards, mate, yeah. I don't think he's actually been given... Proper, proper chance at the moment. I think that's a fair um, comment. I actually think if we can't get Chong, we can't get on Alan Nandes back next season. Mm. I actually think he could actually be the easiest of all of the lone players, potentially, of as well as Dale Taylor to actually get back. Maybe not permanently, but maybe on loan again, potentially, maybe. Because I don't think he gets in that Brighton team. Uh, as long as he honest. doesn't get injured on his medical, I don't mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't no, laugh. Pardon? With that, I'm with that. I'm actually going to say retain him. That's fair. That's fair. I, I would like to see a bit more of him before the end of the season because I don't think we've seen enough. Uh, these next two for me, one of them is 100% a no-brainer, but the other one I would give the benefit of the doubt because I thought he gave his all in a blue shirt, and that is Dion Sanderson and Matthias Sarkic. Sarkic for me is 100% retained. If we could bring him back, that would be amazing. Um, Dion Sanderson, although he's had a really rough spell at QPR, I actually thought he was quite consistent for Blues um, and offered something different. Maybe wasn't quite as technically gifted as Mengi, but definitely a lot more consistent. He's not a slow defender either. He's relatively quick and he's got that aggression in him that makes him a, a Blues player, really. Um, so I could understand release, but... If, if the choice was left to me, I would actually look to bring Dion back. Um, so I'm going to say retain on both of those. Harry, thoughts? Sarkic, 100% agree with you. I think he has to be back in the summer. I think we could actually get him fairly cheap as well, with, of course, him being third choice at Wolves. Um, in a way, it kind of surprises me because he's been at Wolves a fair time. He hasn't really been given a chance there like he wasn't at Villa either. So, yeah, we're getting him on a small fee. 
Um, I do think that can happen. Uh, he's a much better goalkeeper than average. No offence to average. Um, we can just see the difference in class from Sarkic compared to average. So, yeah, I'd retain Sarkic. Sanderson, like I said a bit earlier, QPI hasn't been great. I know you said the same thing, Tom. Uh, but then when you think about when he was at Blues, he was decent. However, if being realistic, do we really think Dion Sanderson will come back to Blues next season? No. Um, I think there is more centre-backs out there who we could probably get on a permanent basis. Um, I only think Sanderson comes back on a loan basis if it was to happen. Uh, so, with an overall gist of everything, I would say release. That's fair enough. Carl? Um, yeah. Ooh, my microphone's having a hissy fit. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think get out. I would, I would move, not quite move heaven and earth to get Sarkic back, but certainly get him back, um, either on a loan or permanent, either or. You know, I think Everidge is a is a good shot stopper, but I think he he's admitted himself he's the rest of his game isn't where but he wants it to be. I think we all know that. Um, Sanderson, uh, I think he was decent at Blues. Um, but I would look to similar to what Harry said. I would look elsewhere. Um, to for for centre back options, um, but again, similar to, to a couple of others, if he does come back, again, cool. You know, there, there's nothing. You know, I wouldn't be disappointed to see him in a blue shirt again. Fair enough. Let's move on to the loan prospects. I say prospects in the nicest way possible. Um, with all the loan players we have out at the moment, um, so. I'll start with Odin Bailey. For me, I'd love to see Odin Bailey given a proper chance at Blues. Do I think it's going to happen, though? Probably not. Um, but I hope it does. Carl, your thoughts on Odin Bailey? Yeah, I've I've been a big fan of Odin for, for a long time. Um, I'd love to see him given a chance at Blues. I, I, I've long thought that he he's obviously not going to necessarily be near the level of, of the likes of Chong and Hernandez, but there is a little bit of excitement there. You think about those two, you think about Bakuna, potentially Taylor, Odin Bailey from the bench or his cover is a really great, you know, to me prospect. But I think, you know, we would have given him a proper chance this season or brought him back maybe if we could have. So yeah, for me, I, I'd love to see it. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. Harry, your thoughts on Odin Bailey? This is the one that infuriates me the most, honestly. I thought he would get a chance this season. And, like, I mean, last season, he scored that crazy winner, I think it was against Middlesbrough, um, and then get sent out on loan. Like, what is that? <laughs> like, why? Like, I, I know, like, Bo, but Bowie seems to play a young player, so I don't understand why he was loaned out. And even people were saying um, to just a couple of months, potentially, before the January window, would you potentially bring God in back? And he was like, no. And people, some people were baffled by it, thinking he should be brought back in, considering the amount of youngsters he's been given chances to. So I would retain Arden Bailey, but is he going to be given a chance? Probably not. And I think it's really frustrating because I think he's a great talent and I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. Um, but yeah, I just don't think Boya will implement him into the squad, unfortunately, but I would retain Yep. So on to these next two. I think I can answer these for all of us, to be honest. Harley Dean, we've already discussed. I think he's obviously moving on now, realistically. 
Sam Cosgrove. I never <laughs> want to see him in a Birmingham City shirt ever again. I'm sure he's a lovely bloke outside of football, on a football pitch. I just, I yeah, I speak for everyone here. I don't think he has a future at Blues, um, unfortunately. All £2 million of him. Um, mm-hmm. So, lads, what are your thoughts on Sam Cosgrove? I imagine you share my, my feelings. Carl, I'll start with you. Yeah, well, I, I've got a, I know a couple of blokes down here this way who are AFC Wimbledon fans, and I'm pretty sure they don't want to see him in an AFC Wimbledon shirt if they can help it. Which probably doesn't, you know. Says a lot. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, apparently, you know, if you read Martin O'Connor's uh, interview where he was saying, you know, he's, he's thought of highly. Mm, is he though? Um, if he was, I'm sure he'd be playing. There's a reason he's not playing. There's a reason he's not scoring. As simple as that. I, I think we've had our pants pulled down by Aberdeen, and and then some. Um, fair play, well done, lads. Um, but yeah, I think it's you know I'll be surprised if we ever see him in a blue shirt again. Um, again, happy to be proved wrong, but yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and as with Harley, well, yeah, we've already covered that one. Hundred percent, Harry. What are your thoughts on Sam Cosgrove? Do you know what? I actually think he could be shot at confidence. And the reason for this is, is because when he came in, he wasn't really given a chance whatsoever. Yeah, he was fair. just bunked on the bench straight away. He's barely played. Then he gets loaned out to um, Shrewsbury, wasn't it? And then, yeah, and then he didn't play there. And I'm not being funny. You have a manager of Steve Cottrell there who has a history of blues. And I'm not surprised he doesn't didn't get played much. If I'm being fairness, Shrewsbury fans did say he's the worst loan signing they've ever signed <laughs> in the history of their club. I just saying a lot because it's Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the best part probably about Sam Cosgrove so far, according to Blues, is having that bust up with Steve Cottrell. And of course, I don't like Steve Cottrell. Think he's an absolute knobhead. And I'm sure you go you guys agree with me as well. Um, so I'm glad in a sense that happens. Um, but I actually do think his confidence could be shot. Um, Sam Cosgrove would I release? Yes, but at the same time, I do think he hasn't really been given a chance. And of course, yes, people are saying, Oh, it could be the worst loan signing ever, like Shrewsbury fans and Wimbledon fans. But I do think he could be lacking that confidence uh, at this current moment. Um, if I was going to send him anywhere, I think he could really do a job at Solihull Moors, maybe even Basingstoke. So, uh, <laughs> we can't knows? afford him. <laughs> um, so, no, I, I think um, maybe a spell in League Two might be the, the next best thing for Sam Cosgrove. Um, moving on. Pardon? <laughs> Permanently. Permanently, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Next player and last, well, no, second to last player on this list, and that is Jonathan Lico. Obviously started his loan spell quite well at Charlton, and then it was hit by lots of injuries, and it's been quite a stuttering, terrible finish uh, or end to that loan spell. Um, I think we've all wanted Lico to succeed. We've all really wanted it for him because he seems like such a nice character, um, and just one of those players that you really want to do well. Um, but sadly, it's just not happening for him. And I think a move away will probably end up being the next best thing for him. Uh, but obviously, Boya does like him. Um, so I, I'm on the fence a bit with Lico, but I'd probably um, 
look to move him on in the summer if I had to be brutally honest. Uh, Harry, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Leco? Retain. Straight away retain because I actually think if we got rid of him, I reckon we could actually regret it and I think he could turn out to be the talent that he has shown glimpses of throughout his career. And it, I remember Wyatt Barnes, he was the game before he got loaned out uh, to Charlton and when he came on, he actually did show a little bit of threat and it was actually the final delivery from the other players that actually could have probably potentially cut scored because he was making them runs where everyone was moaning where in previous games before that one where he wasn't making them runs. But when he came off that bench against Barnes, he did. Um, in that sense, I was a little bit surprised and thought, OK, Bowyer might see that game and think, OK, I'll give him till uh, just before January. And if he doesn't do any good after this game and send him out on loan in January, but no, nah, he wasn't to be. Of course, like I say, Tommy's had injuries. Would I keep? I think I would keep him. I do. I do think he should be given a chance. At least be given pre-season, maybe the start of the season as well. Of course, you've still got the transfer window in place come the start of the season. So maybe give him like the first three games or so, and then I know it's not too much, but three games plus the pre-season to potentially prove himself. Maybe I think that'd be fair. I wouldn't be against it, Carl. Yeah, um, probably in a surprise move, I'd keep him. And the reason for that is we are potentially going to have the players next season to make the passes forward to pick out his runs. And the thing with, with Leko was that, you know, watching him from the stands, I think it was the baggies friendly maybe, he was making, the, similar to what Hogan does, he makes the runs and he's just not getting picked out. And I think, yeah. I know there's an element to where he has been absolutely abysmal at times, but I think we've, we're potentially going to have a better quality of player next season um, in the attacking positions around him. And I think the other thing is you're going to have, let's say that Duke is there next season, um, you're going to have Troy there as well. And I think Troy Deeney will put an arm around him and will be a mentor. Because, you know, I mean, Lecker's, what, 21, 22? So he's still really young in, in, in terms of a, yeah. a seasoned attacker. Um, so I, I would retain him. Come the January transfer window, I mean, absolutely, like like Harry was saying, you can give him time before the season starts. You can start him at the start of the season. Give him till January. And if it's not working out, then we can look to move him on in January. But I think, you know, with the Bowyer connection, with Troy Deeney, with maybe potentially better players around him, he could do a better job. And... Um, yeah, I, I would I would actually give him a chance. You know, I, I wanted him to do it. I think we all do, like you say, but I think, yeah, let's give him a chance. Let's see what we can do with a different calibre of playing staff around him. Uh, and if it's still not good enough, then we can move him on January or, or next summer. You know, it's not the worst thing in the world. There are worse players in the squad that we've got signed till 2024 and play for Wimbledon. So, you know, um, yeah, yeah it's, that's the way that I look at it anyway. Completely agree. Um, the final player of the loan prospect list, who I'm most excited about, if I'm honest, obviously we saw gl glimpses of him at the back end of last season where he looked like a real player. You know, bit of potential there in the central of the park. Um, and he's being touted as potentially Mansfield Town's player of the season, uh, which says a lot about how far he's come this season in a very good Mansfield side. Um, that are pushing for promotion. And if they do achieve that, it would be an amazing experience for Sturk. Um, so there we are, Ryan Sturk. Um, 
I really want to see him involved in the uh, first team setup next season for Blues. And uh, I think a lot of Mansfield Town fans think he could play at this level consistently. Um, and he's very highly rated by Nigel Clough as well. So um, I really want to see him more, more of him in a blue shirt next season. And I think he's got the right qualities to at least be in, um, you know, at least the 18, really, um, you know, getting a spot on the bench at least. So, um, yeah, Ryan Sturk for me, I, I think he's definitely got a future at Blues and I, I look forward to seeing what he can do. And hopefully Boya feels the same. Uh, Carl, what are your thoughts on Ryan Sturk? Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, I think for me personally, I even think it was a travesty he was sent out online this season, to be honest. I agree. Um, and I think that he, there must be a part of him that is livid because if he'd have been in and around the squad, he'd have been in the team and not Jordan James, 100%, when we had all the injuries when JJ came in. That is very true. Um, having said, uh, Having said that, yeah, I think that he needs to be retained and I think he's got to be around the squad. You know, he's one of these talents that, you know, can break through properly next season into our team. Um, like I say, in or around the squad. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't really know what else there is really to say about it. Yeah, that, that's, you know, we've had the, the spiel from Gardner about the, the policy and stuff. So let's put the money where the mouth is and let's prove it by backing these young players. And, uh, yeah, he needs to be in and around that squad for sure. 100%, mate. Harry, what are your thoughts on Ryan Sturk? To be fair, I haven't really watched much of him, but I've, I've heard good things about him like uh, you guys have uh, this season. Um, he's come through the ranks. Um, so, yeah, he could be given a chance. However, when I look at the team we have at the moment, like you look at people like Tate Campbell, Jordan James, Sunjit Gardner, Ryan Woods, had six players already, and then on top of him, I think if someone like Sunjit gets sold in the summer, I feel like Sturk has got a better chance. Um, but I'm afraid if no one does go in the midfield, I feel like he could find it hard. But you never know. Uh, with Boya giving young players a chance, and of course, again, like I mentioned, like Leco, of course, a completely different situation. But if um, Ryan Sturk improved to Boya in uh, pre-season and maybe even a couple of first games that he's worthy of playing in the Championship and putting that uh, blue shirt on, then by all means, go for it. Uh, I think he does at least deserve a chance. Fair enough, mate. And that brings us to the end of the loan prospects segment. And now, last but not least, I have one question for both of you gentlemen. Um, Carl, I will start with you. Who would be one player you would like to see Blues sign this summer, a realistic transfer? And who is one player you would like to see leave Blues this summer? Leave, I think, for me, outside the names that we've already discussed, I would yeah. probably say Sinjic for me. Um, yeah. We signed, I think we've mentioned before on the pod, Tom, we signed Bakuna for 400k. <laughs> yeah, don't do I need to say more? Yeah, we don't know what need I mean. So much more on that one. Um, price so comparison. I, <laughs> I, I get that you know he does do a lot of the dirty work and running around, but there are times I think it was the third goal against Bournemouth where he just didn't trap the ball and Bournemouth attacked and scored. 
That's basic. I cannot trap a ball for 50, 60, well, no, it's not on 50, 60k a week, but you know, for, <laughs> for the wedge that he's on, I can do that. I'll do it for free. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I just think, again, one of these players who his time at Blues has come to an end. Um, respect what he's done and, and wish him all the best and stuff, but I just don't think he's He's, he's right for Blues in the direction that Bowie wants to move the team in. One player that I want to sign, oh Christ, um, realistically, I think, do you know what? I, w- I would actually go back to, to our release retainers and I'd go for Sarkic. I think that he is, I think he's the, he was very much a part of that puzzle in the defensive back line, you know. Um, and we, we all know how bad he was in pre-season, but he put us all in our place with his performances in the season. I think if he is, you know, I think he's one, you've got to have a solid foundation. And I think he's he's solid. He's kicking, his distribution, his catching. You know, yeah, for me, he's got to be the signing for me. Um, and on a perm as well, not alone, ideally. Um, and let's get him and give him the number one shirt and, and let's roll with him and Jaycock as, as number one and two. So, yeah, that's what I would go with. I like those picks. Uh, I back that. Harry, what are your picks? Who would you bring in in the summer and who would you like to see leave Blues? Well, there is actually two lone players that are out that you didn't mention, Tom. I would pick you out on that one. Ivan Sanchez. Ivan Sanchez and Fran Vialba. Do we even count those? Well, Vialba's going anyway because they've, they've exercised the option uh, yeah, to sign him, haven't Vialba they? Vialba is technically already gone. Um, yeah. Sanchez will probably follow suit, I imagine. Yeah. I This links in with my um, sold player. I would have said Sunjik. However, I think Ivan Sanchez uh, to go. Um, I, I think um, if Sanchez wasn't at the club, I think Sunjik uh, would potentially get sold as well. Uh, but yeah. I'm going to go... Ivan Sanchez. Um, he's been a good servant. I just don't think he's in Bowyer's plans, and I don't think Bowyer really fancies him that much either uh, to be in the team. So I think him, and then closely followed by Sanjik, but I will go for Sanchez. That's a fair and then my, Yeah. And then my player to bring in, I have two. One is unlikely. It's been reported recently by. Um, football people it's actually a player from the Premier League and you're both probably going to think what the hell are you going on about however his form has been absolutely shocking for the last couple of years Harry Maguire (laughs) (laughs) no Deli Ali on loan next season and my reason with that is because he's been that poor and uh, a lot of other people have even been saying maybe he needs to step down in a championship and tear it up to get his confidence back um, and that is the player that I'm not going to choose but he is a close second the player I will choose though is Ana Hernandez because I think he's the most important player we need to bring back uh, into the squad I think that's fair um, Deli Ali if we had money maybe we don't so probably not <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we don't have much of a pot to piss in um, but no, that's that's bold. It's bold, and obviously, I don't think anyone would say no um, if it was possible. But I, I think it. Well, to be fair, I think before the season started, if someone had said to me we signed Tahith Chong on loan, I probably wouldn't believe them. So I don't know. I'm not going to rule anything out. Uh, I wouldn't. 
Uh, I'm going to sit on the fence on that one. But I think those are two good picks, to be fair. Uh, For me, personally, I would like to see... Ah, it's it's tough. It's really, really tough. Um, I think I would like to see probably... um, I think uh, it's either Ivan Sundic or I'd actually quite like to see Maxime Collin move on. Oh, dare you. And now I might get a bit of stick for this. I might get a bit of stick for this. But hear me out. The bloke has been made to pay, play through injuries season after season now. I don't think he's quite the same player he was. I still think he's better than a lot of the other players we have in this squad. Um, <laughs> but I just think we need to freshen things up in defensive areas. And if we are going to continue to play wing backs, I think Max is more of a natural fullback than he is a wing back. Um, so for that reason, I wouldn't see the point in keeping um, a fullback uh, in a side that plays wing backs most of the time. And yes, obviously, he can play in a central defensive role, but I am not a fan of small central defenders. For me, central defenders have to be tall. Um, <laughs> And that's that's just my preference. And because you've both pretty much taken the players that I probably would have said instead to leave, I am going to put my own spin on it on a player that, who I've debated should probably move on. But I am more than happy for him to stay at Blues is Maxime Collin. Um, but I think he's just been a part of that team, that, that core that's just been losing and losing and losing despite being a great character. I just think we need a clean slate now. And unfortunately, I you could have said the bin. You I absolutely could... <laughs> can get in the bin. I could have said Duke. I could have said Duke. Oh, I could have. I said... thought you were going to say his name as well when you were going on. I was... when you come out with Colin, I was like, oh, he said Colin, not Duke. I, I could have said Duke, but I think we need to come to the terms of the fact that Duke probably has to leave as well. And. I hope we find him a really we are loving. We no longer friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we find him a, a really loving and caring home because he's a Birmingham City legend, and I want someone. He's to not look a after dog. Him. <laughs> no, because he's gone, he's gone up to the farm. Yeah, you can't <laughs> visit though. Because <laughs> Duke, Duke, I love Duke, and I probably will cry when he leaves one day. But I hope he goes to like I, I don't know. Um, so I, the farm upstate. Yeah. He wouldn't. He obviously wouldn't go down to Solly or Moore, so I think that's too far down. Uh, maybe if he's forty. Um, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't mind seeing him at, at Burton Albion or somewhere like that next season. But I just don't think Championship footballs for Duke anymore. And um, I think we just need a new defensive setup. So I'd like to see Max and some of the old guard to just move on. I just want a fresh blues. I don't want to be talking about the same names every season anymore. I want to see a promotion push in blues. And I think the only way we're going to get that is if we say goodbye to people we don't want to say goodbye to. So we've, we've on that in. subject, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <Fuck's sake. laughs> uh, but we've yeah, there in. you go. The, that sparked interaction comments. Let us know what you think of our picks, please. And slate me if you must. Harry, go on. With Colin, I do agree with you. However, if we don't sign a right back, I do think he should stay 100%. Well, of course, yeah. If we don't have a right back. Harry on my shit list as well, then. (laughs) (laughs) 
dearie me. Um, it's a good job Mark Watson isn't on this podcast either, because uh, I think he would have been firmly in the Maxime Colin camp. Um, huh? but that that's that's one for next week, guys. Um, next week's episode, we will be having uh, Mark Watson on the show. Um, with me and Carl, so uh, that should be an exciting one. He's a lucky guy. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that will be very very exciting um, indeed. So yes, moving on. That was an interesting segment that uh, was obviously sparked debate, and I'd love to know what other Blues did you, fans did. You think. pick your player you want to sign. Um, I didn't know, but it would have been on El Hernandez. So there you go. Nice and quick. If I had to think of someone that hadn't already been said, then I would probably say John Swift at Reading. But even then, I feel like that's a tough one to secure. But if we freed up the wage space, why not? He's a quality player. We've got to say someone as well. Ryan Nyambe from Blackburn Rovers out of contract in the summer. He's only 24 years old, defender. He can play right back as well, or right wing back. So, yeah, he can. Okay, because we won't need one. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Niambe will probably go to the Prem though. Um, I th- I feel like he's a Premier League player to be fair. But if if he doesn't, then I I'd, I'd love to see him in a blue shirt. God, I'd, that'd be amazing. Way better than Max. Um, <laughs> um, I, I'm joking. I love Maxine Colin. I promise. You, sir, are a prick. I just had to get that one in there for a laugh. Um, so, before we wrap up, West Brom this Sunday score predictions. We never seem to beat West Brom, but I actually think this is the best chance we've got to do it. So I'm going to say, I'm going to be positive because I do believe we have a few players returning from injury. I'm going to say 3-1 Blues. And I'm sure it'll finish 3-1 Baggies. But I'm saying 3-1 Blues because I just think that it might be the, the day. We might actually finally beat West Brom. So, yeah, there we go. I said it, 3-1 Birmingham City. It's going to happen. No, it won't, but still. Carl, your score prediction and any brief thoughts you've got before this Sunday? 1-0 Blues, Max and Colin, 89th minute. <laughs> Put that in your pipe. Um, if, no. If Colin scored, I wouldn't slate him ever again. I will fucking hold you to that, and that will be on YouTube and everything, my friend. That's literally <laughs> on the internet forever. Um, yeah, I... I think it's probably the best chance we've ever we've had for a while of, of beating the baggies, to be honest. Um so yeah, I am I am gonna go one nil blues. Um I I've, I would love it if Max does score now just to make a point. Um but I think it's more likely to be Mr. Taylor. Um but yeah, I think I think we've got a great shot at doing it, and I think we will. I think I think we discussed it the other day, Tom. I think, you know, Forrest, we're not going to get much out. So I think we need to get three points where we can. And I think Baggies is the game to do it. 100%, mate. Harry? I think some people might underestimate West Brom in this game. They're actually unbeaten in four games or something like that. Um, I actually think the international break actually come at a better time for West Brom because I actually do think even though they were unbeaten for those four games, if we played them before the international break, I do think we would have beat them convincingly. Well, fairly convincingly anyway. They've still got good players. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, tough game. If Lyle Taylor wasn't there, I think it would be potentially a hard one to win. However, I will just edge us on the fact he's 
hopefully back. Even Deeney might even be back for that game as well, yeah. which would be a big plus. Um, West Brom, they're bringing a good following, as they usually do on away days. Um, so, yeah, tough one, but I'm going to edge us 2-1. And, Tom, if Gary Gardner scores a winner, are you going to get a tattoo of him on your bum? Um, <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> you say what the hell? Every time, you and every game. I, I, I keep saying that every now. away day. <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying if Gary Gardner scores the winner, I'll get a tattoo of him on my ass. So there you go. Um, the the deed is done. If Gary Gardner uh, scores against West Brom, then there, there's my promise. Um, yeah, what to do, Gaz? And do you know what? If Maxine Collin is the other scorer, I'll get him on the other cheek. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Why have I just said that? <laughs> well done. Nice one. It's it's all out there now. There's no going back. Um, I hope we lose dramatically. Um, <laughs> um, it's nice that we're all positive about a local derby for a change. I'm sure it will all slap us in the face next week and we'll be back in reality again. Um, but... Before we wrap up, very, very quickly, dream pick, Carl. Who's your dream pick? Maxime um, Collin. Well, he'll be starting regardless. Um, <laughs> you know what? I was thinking about this before, and I can't bloody remember who on earth I picked now. Oh, who the cockwomble was it? Oh, go to Harry. I can't remember. I Harry, who is one player you would like to see start against Baggies? Dream pick. Um, well, from the current team we have, obviously, yes, uh, yeah, <coughs> Ronaldo's not available, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't really need him anyway, he's crap these days, but you know, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think Lyle Taylor, I think he's massive. Uh, if we're gonna get the win against the, the baggies on Sunday, I really do. So, Lyle Taylor, lovely stuff. And Carl, do you have your pick? I do. It's got to be Nico Gordon for me. I, love um, that. I think he's been sensational since he's he's come into the squad. Um, you know, with with fairly little first team action, it has to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just looked assured. Uh, obviously, there's mistakes, but you know, he's nineteen, twenty. There's going to be mistakes. Uh, yeah, but it's got to be him. I think. You know, I, I kind of agree with what Martin O'Connor said. You got to blood these players at some point. So. Let's do it. Yeah, and I think he's he's fully deserving to keep his place. So, uh, yeah, Nico for to retain his place for me. Two very good dream picks there. I'm going to sort of say two. I think the most the most likely one is on El Hernandez. But if Deeney is back in training and in contention, then my dream pick is Troy Deeney. Um, but we will have to see. Uh, probably oh, won't I be... Don't. He deserves to be back in, mate. I really don't. He's got to prove himself before he gets back in that starting eleven. In my yeah, opinion, but it's a local derby, and it's Troy Deeney, and he's probably the best finisher we have at the at the club, despite not playing much. So, I give him the benefit of the doubt on this occasion because I think he'd be up for a local derby, uh, being a Blues fan. So, uh, I don't know. Probably won't be uh, in the match day squad, but we can we can hope. Um, so, no, I, I, I'll probably say on El Hernandez realistically, uh, but I'd love to see Deeney back sometime soon. Um, but that wraps us all up now for today's episode. Very long one, but we have been away for quite a while, so I suppose you deserve a long podcast as our return since it has been a while. But thank you wherever you have tuned in. 
uh, whether that be Spotify, YouTube or elsewhere. And um, we look forward to seeing you again next week when we have uh, Mark Watson on as our next guest. And um, thank you very much, Harry, for being a wonderful guest. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Yeah, mate, brilliant. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, mate. Lovely stuff. Everyone go check out Brummy on Tour. There'll be links down below. And um, go check out the vlogs. You'll see me in the last few, uh, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> in, most, in most of them, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> these days. <laughs> um, they are good fun, though. So uh, make sure to check them out. And Carl, thank you as always. And I shall see you in the next one, mate. Yes, uh, you take it easy, uh, my friend. And uh, <laughs> yes, always a pleasure, mate. Always a pleasure. Lovely stuff. Cool. Right. See you. See you soon, everyone. And um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see you next week. I imagine. Nice one. Keep right on. Sports Social Podcast Network. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.